grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, the epistle reading from Galatians 5, especially these words. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Whether you realize it or not, we're at war. It's not an overstatement. It's not hyperbole. We're at war. I'm not talking about the United States of America, capitalism versus forces that want to bring in some sort of communism, socialism, fascism kind of a thing. I'm not talking about red state, blue state with 50 some days left before an election. I'm not even talking about the University of Nebraska versus the Big Ten. Now all those things are out there to a certain extent. But that's not the war that I'm talking about. That's not the war that God's Word is talking about today in our text. Make no mistake. We're at war. As Christians, we're at war. Make no mistake. You are at war. As a Christian, one who has been baptized, one who has been born again by the power of the word connected to the waters of holy baptism, one who has been given new birth, new life in Jesus Christ, you're at war. And the enemy may seem to be harmless. The enemy may not seem like that big of a deal. But the enemy that you are at war with is your sinful nature, your sinful flesh. And this war is real. The casualties are high. And the final results can be hellacious. Walk by the Spirit. God's encouragement from the Apostle Paul to you, dear Christian. Walk by the Spirit. You know who you are. You belong to God. You are His prized possession. Jesus says you're in my hands and nothing or no one can snatch you out. So, why don't you act like it? God says, be holy, be perfect, as I the Lord your God am holy. So, why don't you do it? Why don't you live the life God calls you to live? There are lots of different ways to answer that question. 
And God answers it for us crystal clear in Galatians chapter 5. Was God lying when he said, be holy, be perfect? Did he really mean, give it your best shot, try really hard? Or, if he meant it, did he mean that you can actually do it if you try hard enough? There are many well-intended Christians who teach a type of Christian perfectionism. God says be holy. God wouldn't tell you to do something if you couldn't do it. So now it's up to you. You need to try really hard. You need, you need to resolve. You know, like a New Year's resolution. You need to resolve to be a better person. You need to resolve to give up all that bad stuff in your life and start doing all the good stuff that's absent. Try harder. And if you try harder, eventually you'll get there if you're a real Christian. God's Word nowhere teaches Christian perfectionism. You can't do it no matter how hard you try. God did not lie when he said, be holy, be perfect, as I, the Lord your God, am holy and perfect. This is the purpose of the law, God's holy law, God's perfect law, like a mirror to show us our sin, to expose our sinfulness and our need for a Savior. Why don't we live the holy life that God calls us to? Well, there's another error. It's really the other ditch of perfectionism. When you're on a horse and fall off, it doesn't matter which side you fall off, you're still off the horse, right? So the other ditch is called antinomianism. Isn't that a fun word to say? Yes. It just basically means, you know, you're forgiven. So you can go do whatever you want. The law does not apply to you anymore. You want to get drunk? Go for it. You want to watch porn? Go for it. You want to sleep around? Go for it. You want to cheat on your income taxes? Go for it. After all, there's Jesus. My friends... This antinomianism, back in the olden days, it was called cheap grace. The grace of God which is really, really yours in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus is cheapened, drugged through the mud and the manure when we act as if God's law does not apply to the Christian anymore. So how do we sort it all out? We know we have new life in Christ. We know God's Word teaches us. John 3. We've been born again in the waters of holy baptism. So why don't we act like it? Why don't we live it? The Apostle Paul 
under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit here in Galatians chapter 5 teaches us the answer very clearly. And I want to pose a question before you before we get into these details here. And that question is, do you need to be perfect in order to get into heaven? It's a serious question. Do you need to be perfect? You, you dear Christian, do you need to be perfect in order to get into heaven? We'll answer that in a moment. Wrestle with it now, as the Apostle Paul does. Verse 16. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Buckle up. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife. Jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Paul would have run out of room on the paper if he had written down all of the sins of the flesh. Dot, dot, dot. Stuff like this. You know, when we come across laundry lists of sins like this, I don't know about you, but I always look at the stuff I don't do. And then I feel good about myself. You know, I'm about 80% on this list. I'm feeling pretty good right now. That's what? B plus? Solid B? Only one problem. God doesn't grade on a curve. It's perfection or failure. Book of James says, if you sin even in one tiny little spot, it's the same as if breaking all of the law. My friends, these sins are real. These sins are to be avoided. These sins are damnable. If these sins are your God, you need to repent and stop right now because you have the wrong God. God calls Christians who have been redeemed by the blood of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, who have been forgiven full and free to live a holy life. You can't do it, no matter how hard you try. God demands perfection of His children, and you can't do it. This is not some sick game or cruel joke. I ask again, do you need to be perfect in order to go to heaven? Paul goes on here in Galatians 5, verse 22. 
But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Wait a minute. Fruit? Where did that word come from? All the way through in Galatians 5, it's been works. The works of the flesh. The works of the flesh. The stuff we do according to our sinful nature. Now, now, seems like Paul's doing a little bait and switch, right? Instead of works, it's fruit. Fruit. Work is what I do. Fruit is what God does in me and through me. You go to the apple tree this afternoon and you want to pluck an apple. What did you have to do with producing that fruit? Oh yeah, maybe you chased away a couple of bugs. But the tree produced the fruit. My friends, fruit produced by the fruit bearer, the Holy Spirit in our lives. The fruit, the fruit that God not only looks for, but produces in us by the working of the Holy Spirit. This is what it looks like. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Be honest. Is there any one of you that doesn't want more of this fruit? Can you honestly say you don't want to be a more loving person? A more kind person? A more gentle person? Can any of you say you don't want to have more self-control in your life? That you want to be more, more joyful? That would be ludicrous. Of course we do. God wants it, and we do as well. The fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in us. There's no law against these things. This is God at work in His children, in you. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That's you. That's you. When did you crucify your flesh with your passions and desires? When you were baptized. You didn't do it. God did it to you, for you, in you, through you. God killed the old Adam or the old Eve and brought forth a new person, a new man or woman, a new Christian. And in so doing, He puts you at war. He puts you at war with that sinful flesh that still dwells in you, that still clings to you. It's a battle until the day you die. My friends, this battle is real. But Jesus lives. The victory is won. Do you see now the key to the Christian life? This Christian life of perfection 
and bearing fruit that God calls us to. It's not your effort, your decision, your resolve, your commitment. It is the power of God in you and through you. The power of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit do this? The Holy Spirit does not do this by the law. The law is good. The law is wise. The law is beneficial. But the law shows us our sin. There is one way and only one way that the Holy Spirit produces fruit in you. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel gives life. The gospel creates fruit in you. The bloody death and the glorious resurrection of Jesus. This is the means by which the Holy Spirit works in you. Forgiving your sins. Strengthening your life. Putting to death your old Adam, your sinful flesh. We fall into all kinds of problems when we think we can control our old Adam, our sinful flesh. When we think we can domesticate our old Adam, potty train our old Adam, that we can in any way, shape, or form control him. We can't. It's like a wild, rabid dog or a vicious wolf. At the time when you think you won't get bit, you really get bit. Maybe to the point of death. There's only one thing that can be done to the old Adam. It needs to die. It needs to die every day. It's called repentance. Return to the baptismal font. Contrition, repentance. Die, kill that old Adam, that old Eve, and come forth a new Christian, a new creation, ready to do battle. Ready to do battle against the devil, the world, and our flesh. Ready to do battle because we know who is on our side. We know who fights with us and for us. Jesus Christ crucified and risen for the life of the world, for you, for your life, for your sanctification. My friends, do you need to be perfect in order to get into heaven? You better believe it. You better believe it. Unless you are perfect, you will not enter eternal life. But thanks be to God, perfection is yours. It's a gift. It's the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers you by grace through faith. And now when God looks at you, He doesn't see your sin. He doesn't see your imperfections. He doesn't see your idolatry. He sees his precious child washed clean by the blood of Jesus, perfectly holy and righteous. My friends, this is you. This is God's message for you 
today. Your sins are forgiven. You have been declared holy, righteous, and perfect. And now, live and love and forgive in the joy of the forgiveness and perfection that God has graciously given you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our love, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.